Welcome back to Be Her, Be Heard. Presented by Harvard undergraduate women in business. Welcome to the media and entertainment episode of Be Her, Be Heard podcast. My name is Sabrina Ferrer. And my name is Lauren Yang. And we are part of Harvard's undergraduate women in business. Joining us today is Allison Kay. Allison Kay is the president of SB Projects and partner at Ithaca Holdings LLC, which houses SB Projects, a diversified entertainment and media company at the intersection of music, film, television, technology, and social good. She oversees all of the company's divisions, including the careers of SB Projects talent roster. Since joining SB Projects in 2009, Kay's accolades include a sold out $155 million Justin Bieber Arena tour and Ariana Grande's Sweetener album. With the worldwide success of Justin Bieber, Ariana Grande, Jay Balvin, and Dan and Shay, Kay has led the charge in positioning SB Projects amongst the industry elite. Kay has been named one of Billboard's top 100 women in music the past five consecutive years. Allison, thank you so much for being a part of this podcast. It's such an honor to speak with you and learn from you today. Thank you for having me. To start us off, what made you decide to pursue a career in the music industry? And what were the most influential experiences that led you to where you are today? Um, so I didn't actively seek out a career in music, which is probably I'm one of the four people in the music industry that would say that. Um, but I started out, I was at Duke for law school. I thought I was gonna be a constitutional lawyer. Um, I had like very high aspirations. And then once I got into the act of actually lawyering, I realized how little I was actually impacting because figure as a lawyer, especially at, when I started, I was doing contract law. Um, you're, you're planning for the worst case scenario. You're not actually doing and the your the bulk of your work as the attorney the the material terms are negotiated and you're trying to figure out what happens if everything goes wrong um and so i felt like i spent a lot of my days spinning wheels about things that my clients didn't care about um and so i it took one summer of interning and i was like this isn't for me um and then i was trying to go and get uh, an mba like my parents were like all right so if you don't want to go work at a firm tell me what it is that you want to do. And I'm like, I would like an MBA. And they're like, the next three letters are J-O-B. You're done. Like school is over, party's done. You're going to get a job. And so I went to my room and I was like, what's going to be the hardest arena legally for them to get me into? And I was like, entertainment law. They need to have a connection. They're not going to know anyone. I'm going to tell them this is what I want to do. And so I, I like stormed downstairs and I was like, I figured it out. I want to be a music attorney. And my mom was like, great. My cousin's Jerry Blair. I'll make a phone call. And I was like, oh God. And so I, I ended up going and sitting with Jerry and um, he sent me into my first internship at TVT, um, what, or what ended up being my first internship, but it was kind of a position that was created by someone he mentored for me. So it, I ended up getting, getting this internship and I did a really good job at it. And they offered me the job and I feel like that internship and even though it is not ultimately what I end up doing in my my grown-up life is probably the most influential thing that I did because it was a fake internship position that was created so that Jerry could do my mother a favor and I learned really quickly that I had to go in and 
be better than the people I was working for every day. Like I had to be the first one in, I had to be the last one out. I couldn't ask anyone to do anything for me, like or anything that I was going to ask an assistant or someone to do, I had to know how to do for myself. And that's been probably the most consistent thing throughout my career has been no matter I'm always walking into something totally blind. I never seem to set out to do what I end up doing. But once I'm in there, I just make sure that I'm going at it 100% and not even using the people around me as the bar because they have the job already. They they know it already. And so you have to be that much better. And I think like that internship, as weird as it sounds, ended up being the most career-wise influential thing in terms of how I at least conduct myself on a day-to-day basis. That's actually really cool. To, to hear because like I was gonna ask like oh so did you go to Duke Law expecting to end up in entertainment so then I never, guess my follow I guess my follow up <laughs> question would be how often do you use your legal training in your day to day work because you know it's so intertwined with the entertainment arena and yeah management um so I use it a lot for explaining but not a lot for like the doing of the job you know it's it is really helpful if I can get on with Scooter and he wants to do something that I'm like, eh, I don't know if that's gonna fly that like, I can always go back to a contract and cite something when a client is signing something, it makes it easier for their lawyers that they know what to do. But I also can get on the calls with, when we're doing a renegotiation or a first negotiation and be able to handle it myself. I don't have to wait for a bunch of lawyers to get on the phone with me. I can do this. Now, will I a lot of times? Yeah, because like, it's not what I do every day anymore. And especially in entertainment, the law because of intellectual property is changing every two seconds. So there are lots of things that I don't know, or I'm not the best to do anymore. But when it comes down to like the actual terms of a contract, like I can get it done myself and bring a lawyer in afterwards. So I use it all the time, but not, I like haven't drafted an agreement. I can't tell you in how long, and it's probably to everyone's benefit that I don't do that anymore. <laughs> that, that's actually amazing to hear because Sabrina and I are both interested in potentially going to law school, but uh, it's amazing to hear how you're able to use your legal expertise even outside of actually practicing law on a daily basis. You will uh, always find a way to learn it. Like law school does not teach you the law. It teaches you a way of thinking. And so you mm -hmm. always end up using it all the time. Like, especially coming from where you guys are coming from and where you'd end up going to for law school, like they teach you theory. It fully is just meant to change the way that you think. And so you end up using it all the time. Wow, I, I love that insight of um, teaching you a way to think. Yeah. It's kind of somewhere on those lines. Have you had a mentor throughout your career? And if so, who is that person? And how have they been an effective mentor for you? Um, I've had several mentors throughout my career. There were lawyers in the beginning who I turned to a lot for advice just because it isn't a typical route to start in-house at a label. And so trying to figure out how to navigate that. Um, I was very fortunate that when I went into TVT, even though it did not have the best reputation in the industry overall, the legal department was a group of women. And so it was, I was always being mentored by like a very strong, intelligent, female in a leadership position. Um, and then when I moved departments it, or moved companies and in, into a new legal department, um, there were some outside counsel that I had just remained in touch with. And so I used to go to them. And then as I've transitioned into this, um, I go to Jody Gershon who, a lot, who's the head of Universal Music Publishing um, for a lot of like general advice of when I, when I feel stuck, when I don't know what to do. 
Um, and weirdly, for better or worse, Scooter has become a mentor to me in a, to a certain extent, just because we knew this industry from such different sides when we started working together, that there's been so much that I've learned from him because his way of thinking is just the opposite of mine, um, which is why we make a great team. But it also means that I end up learning a lot in the course of everything that we do. So similarly on that side, we wanted to ask, um, you know, the entertainment industry is still male dominated. So what are some lessons you've learned and obstacles you have to overcome working in entertainment? Um, I mean, the, the landscape I think now is really different than it was when I started. Figure I started as a, a female attorney at a hip hop label. So like you can imagine what you would deal with in at that point in time in you know 2004 um but i think that the entertainment industry maybe even more so than a lot of others out there has made a real effort to put women in position of power and the women within the industry it isn't and i feel really fortunate when i say this i feel like i see a lot of my friends who work in finance who work in law who work in like much more like typical when you grow up what are you going to be type jobs and the women end up being very competitive to one another because everyone kind of sat down and mapped out in their head when they were eight years old or 18 years old or 28 years old, where they thought they'd be at 38, at 48, at 58. And every, anything kind of in that path that could be an obstacle, whether it's another woman or not, is a source of competition. Entertainment's different because even if I mapped out what I wanted to do 10 years ago, the industry's totally different than it was then. So like, it, it really is an industry of all ships rise. So what I have found to be the most effective and what I find to be the best for women coming up is just being kind and supportive of other women. Um, but I also feel a real responsibility, and it goes back to what I said at the very beginning, to be the best at what I do. Because I think that the, the worst thing that happens to women, especially when you get to the place where it's there are only so many jobs and and people start counting how many women have the jobs and how many men don't or vice versa. If a woman is not as good or better than a man would be in the position, it becomes she got that job because she's a woman and it hurts the next woman that walks through the door. And so whatever I'm going to sign on to do, whatever that I'm going to commit to doing, whatever I'm going to commit my female staff to doing, I need to make sure that they're going to kill it because I never want anyone saying that I'm in the spot I'm in because I'm a woman or alternatively someone else is or making the job harder for the next woman that comes along. And so I think that it's really about being cognizant of the responsibility you have to the women around you, both in the way that you do your job and the way that you interact with other people. Wow, thank you so much for sharing. I think that's so powerful of not only supporting and empowering other women in entertainment, but also knowing that like a lot of your success also comes from working really hard and your own personal drive. So. Um, that's incredible to hear. For people who are interested in working in entertainment, what do you look for when you scout new talents? What makes people who want to work with you stand out? Any, I, I look for people who are willing to do anything because figure like you, you read my bio in the beginning, it sounds super impressive. I'm going to get coffee for someone at least six times a day. Like there, there's no job that's too small and like you anyway like the the second that I hear someone say that's not my job this isn't the company for you because like you have to be willing to do whatever and so I feel like the people ever up until Jamie who is fantastic every assistant that I had was someone who was like a star in our internship program and I make 
I used to make, or I still make, I, Jamie hasn't had to do the check because she is still my assistant, but I'm like the worst at interviewing. And my, my like first gut on people isn't necessarily the best. And so I don't do my, my interviews. And so my assistants end up hiring to replace them, like just very strong interns who were willing to do whatever, because my job is so much of doing whatever. And what I delegate is doing whatever crosses my path. And some days it's like, negotiating a multi-million dollar touring deal but other days it's literally like finding a new brand of dog food and i need people that work with me that are willing to do everything within that gambit and so that's really what i look for is a in a, a a base of resourcefulness and intelligence and then on top of that just like a drive to just get it done and not worry about who's doing what and what people who are really good at group projects tend to do well in our in our company I feel like that's important. Like you have to be able to start, you know, from the base and be willing to do whatever you got to do. I worked for iHeartMedia recently and I felt like that was like the mentality of the company. Like you got to do what you got to do, like it, be it big or small. Um, I think that's good advice across the board for any job you for might sure. get. You be willing to do this, like the, the small stuff so you can even get a look at the bigger stuff. Exactly. So. And iHeart for sure. There are like three people that I call there. I don't know. None. It's never for them to do their jobs. I'm always calling them and being like, not sure if you're the person to talk to and it always gets done. So a hundred percent, the vibe you got was exactly what it is. So I guess um, one of the questions I wanted to ask was actually about, you know, how the music industry has changed so much. Um, it has changed a great deal in the last decade as, you know, facilitated and easy, like personalized access to uh, content for consumers. And, you know, the transitions from like record-based sales to like now like singles and streaming platforms. And I wanted to ask, how, you know, SV projects and you have worked to like evolve, you know, and keep it profitable in that sense and like kind of move from like what it used to be to what it is today. Um, I mean, it's, it's a different industry, not even in the last 10 years, like figure when changes came, it was about educating Justin what happened in the last three years, because he, it was still, a, even though streaming was a thing three years ago, it was still a very heavily sales-based market that it's not anymore. Um, I mean, I find that trying to adjust in our industry to what is current is a mistake because it's going to change by the time you catch up. And so the best way to keep pace is to figure out a new way to be disruptive because that means that you're a step ahead, which gives you a little bit of time to fall for them to catch up so that you can fall behind a little bit and kind of learn what you missed and then kick in because figure whenever an artist releases, even and and you're you know primary on that project you're head down focused on that release and there's a million other things happening around you that you're not paying attention to and so if you're disruptive enough that you can be at least three months ahead then when you pick your head up from doing what you were doing you can then kind of look around see what you missed pivot adjust and be ready for the next one so it's really about building on what you saw someone do before that you thought was cool but figuring out a way to do it and either a different way or a better way, or just a more, I keep saying disruptive, but it's because there's not a, like a good synonym for it, but it's because it's really about, it's such uncharted territory that we're in. Like if, if even when you guys were little kids, if someone came to you and we're like, guess what? You're never going to have to buy a CD again. And instead every song that you could ever want to hear would be available at your finger. You'd be like, what, what are you talking about? And so it's, it's not even worth it to try to wrap your head around it. It's just trying to figure out how to, how to break the model that was just built so that it can elevate to the next thing because you're also you need to release content so quickly the fan consumes 
so quickly that you have to constantly be releasing, you have to constantly be innovating. And so, you know, I, I feel like I'm the most pop cultural aware 39 year olds on earth, but like you kind of have to be because you do, you do have to quote unquote, like keep up with the Joneses, but you also have to be able to leapfrog them. Um, and it, it helps our industry, you know, grow and change and keep pace with the times, but it also is a challenge every single time. Wow, I love that way of thinking. It's so innovative to think of being proactive and disruptive instead of just being reactive to an evolving industry. And I think that is such an important piece of advice um, applicable to any career in any part of our lives. Um, so thank you for sharing. Kind of taking this from an industry level onto more of an artist-focused level, you oversee the careers of some of entertainment's biggest names, including Ariana Grande and Justin Bieber. In order to reach larger audiences, how do you build a brand and effectively market your artists? Um, I mean, it depends on the client every single time. You know, Ariana, it, it's no secret she lives on Twitter. She has her finger on the pulse of her fans of what they want more than I ever could. And so it's with her, it's really about listening to her, hearing what her fans want, hearing what she wants to do and figuring out sort of like cost effective and marketing effective ways to do it. Um, but she's, she's really in touch. And then there are other clients that, you know, are doing it for the art and they just want to do it to do it. And so they'll come into you with a body of work and you've got to completely figure out how to deliver it. Um, but I think it's, it's about knowing who the artist's fan is and knowing where that fan lives. It's really about understanding the client and understanding the fan and about building an authentic connection. Like figure the, if you go look at Justin's like diehard fans, all of their Instagrams and Twitter names still have Kid Raw in it, which was his original YouTube name. Like it, it's really grassroots, it's really connected and you can't, especially in music because it's so much as, speaks to like the true emotion of a person and in this day and age where there's so much in access to the artists and socials it has to be real like you can't you guys are way too smart for us like we can't fake it for you guys and so if it's real if it's authentic and it speaks to a group of people then you can find a way for it to go but the second that you're trying to like sort of like Svengali it or, or make someone into something that they're not eventually it all sort of implodes because music in my opinion authentic authenticity is what speaks the loudest. I think that's super relatable. Just like when you see artists evolving and trying to like, they get on TikTok and now they're like marketing themselves towards like a younger demographic. Like we used to do like mm -hmm. the Vine or like Snapchat exactly. and Instagram and it, it, move, it moves so quickly. And then you see JLo on it doing some dance exactly. and it keeps her connected with her fans. And like, I observe it more from like the business perspective. I'm like, she's brilliant. Like she's really rocking it. Like these kids are jumping on her wagon and like. It's no, totally. But think about it. If she got on, and couldn't like was looked awkward and uncomfortable doing the TikTok. You'd be like, what is she doing? It works because it's authentic to her because like she actually enjoys doing this. So I think that that's the key. It's like that stuff works when it's real, but it's got to be real. And then it and then you meet the fan where they are. But like the second that you try to put that like square peg in a round hole, it's over. Yeah, definitely. You can obviously tell when people are being genuine or, or not. Um, on that note, that kind of leads me to my next question. Um, as artists have expanded their digital presence through social media, many use their platforms for social good. How has that affected SB projects and the clients in your portfolio? I have drastically changed my opinion on this in probably the last six months. Um, I remember like last election, I was like, all of these celebrities need to shut up. 
like we need to like let people make educated decisions based on facts and like why should anyone else's opinion matter than another person's but the reality is that social media has changed that and changed my opinion on that completely like now i have as much of a chance to have a voice as my clients do and so i think that in this day and age when someone could be have three followers on twitter in the ukraine and put up a tweet that could send a ripple around the world two days later we have a responsibility every single one of us but especially people with a platform to be educated on what's going on in the world around us have a real opinion on it and be able to speak to it and there and that doesn't mean that everyone needs to say something about everything that's going on there are going to be issues like what's happening right now with black lives matter where you do need to have an opinion on it because silence is an opinion in and of itself but there are going to be things that like you don't care about that deeply and you don't have to say anything about but things that you do care about, things that are important to you, you have a responsibility to yourself, you have a responsibility to your fan, and you have a responsibility to the world in general to speak out on that because everybody else is doing it from their platforms. And so if you have this platform that is massive, that can actually make a difference and do something good with it, I'm not going to tell you what's good or bad, and I'm not necessarily going to agree every single time with the opinion that you have on something. But like, use your voice because like, there are enough people who don't take the time to learn about it using theirs that like if you're going to be responsible in your use of it you have a responsibility to do so i guess it's such you know an, an interesting thing and such a changing thing in the lives that in the times that we're living in especially recently you know puerto rico like literally booted a governor and like the artists that stood up and said things versus the ones that didn't were judged so like differently and like that's when it becomes mm -hmm. so complicated because having a voice, you're going to be judged on what you say and not having one, you'll be judged on your absence as well. Um, so it's just curious to see, you know, how this keeps changing as like, there's more interaction between the artists and like it's fan base and like it's expected to show up. Totally. 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 I mean, like it's, it's such a, it's, it's such a complicated thing and it's something that you know, I think that the, that some clients really gravitate towards and really, enjoy the activism piece of it but then there are some that were trained to kind of like don't don't get in the mix on things that aren't your business but now it's sorry guys everything's everyone's business so we we need to start learning and we need to start bettering the the world around us if we have the ability to do so so it it but i do have clients that definitely didn't start out this way and didn't start out with socials being what they are that struggle with it still that you know because also people expect the response to be so immediate. And sometimes you don't have the, the chance to even get like a full education on what you're about to speak about before someone's on you to make a comment. And so I feel like that sometimes is the hardest piece in this because you never know what the next big issue is gonna be. And so you can't know everything that's going on. And so I think that that is still where I struggle a little bit, but I think that everyone says what they need to say in their own time and everyone has to give the people around them the grace to kind of make their own opinions. Yeah, I think that is so, so, so important, um, especially that platform of like having millions of people follow you and hear what you say. And uh, I've seen like artists recently pass their platform on to other people to amplify mm -hmm. their voices. And I think that that is so, so um, powerful of not just being educated, not only expressing your own opinion, but letting other people have your platform to express their opinions. Um, For I sure. think it's so important how like we've been able to see the artists come out from behind their art too and like hear their opinions and hear and like really see the person that is speaking and creating art. Um, I think that is just such an incredible shift in this industry as well. Um, and kind of on that I note, what, <laughs> yeah. 
Um, kind of on that note, what desired impact or purpose drives your work on a daily basis? And what are your sources of inspiration and motivation? Um, so my ultimately figure when I set out every day, my, my goal is to give the client what they're, they're asking for in the best way that they can. Um, and thankfully right now that a lot of times, especially when it comes to, you know, Ari and Justin, who are being very, very socially active and vocal, it also involves a lot of doing good. Like you hear my phone keep binging. It's Ariana on her social impact chat talking about posts and stuff. So like they, they, it definitely, for me, it's about delivering for them and also being sort of like a grounding source of honesty with them. I think, you know, it's, it's no secret that, you know, entertaining entertainers, you know, attract sycophants. And so I, I really endeavor to be as honest as I can with my clients to be as forthcoming as I can with my clients to really have this really, like, I think that if I'm going to show them respect, the best way I can show them respect is with honesty. And so I try to not yes them. I try to, you know, make sure that they're comfortable in what they're doing, but in the most honest way that I can. Um, and I also try to steer them away when I think that they're doing something that isn't in their best interest, but ultimately everyone's an adult and they're going to do what they want to do. Um, as for my own, like, personal, um, like, drive to give back and, and have an impact, um, it's a lot of what I'm doing with you guys right now. Like I hate public speaking. I'm sure you can tell by the amount that I'm fidgeting, like how much I'm not comfortable with this, but I think that talking to students and, and kind of giving you guys advice and guidance and understanding on how, how to get where you want to go is really important. Um, in the time of COVID, I have really been trying to figure out ways my, I have a two-year-old who got very, who had pneumonia, not COVID related, but just pneumonia at the beginning of this and like getting her appropriate medical care in the midst of a quarantine was impossible. And so I've been like hyper-focusing on what's happening with, for families, like lower income families who can't get to, who rely on normally like a walk-in clinic that right now is completely filled with COVID patients um, and stuff like that. So um, I think that there's the impact that I try to make at work, which is obviously much bigger. And it's things like hand in hand in One Love Manchester and these very big splashy events. But then, you know, as a mom, as, as like a person who lives in like a very tight knit active community, like they're the thing, there are also those things that are super important to me. And so I also try to find like bridges for those things and clients that might care about the things that I care about and bringing those things to the clients um, and, and bringing attention to that. I mean, that, that's great. And like hearing about the hand in hand, for example, I was, a, I was a, just a freshman at Harvard when hand in hand happened and my parents were here during Hurricane Maria and just- Oh my, everyone okay? No, everybody, thank God everybody was okay. fine. Um, and there was a lot of service initiatives afterwards because a lot of the island was destroyed, you know, by, mm -hmm. by the hurricane. And here, hand in hand happening was one of those things where I was like, wow, like artists coming together to help this and like seeing how the involvement SB projects and that kind of like put my eye on your company. So like it's definitely doing what it has to do when like obviously it served our community and like in a very big and tangible way, but also like it, it says a lot of like the values of, you know, SB projects. I mean, those are our, Scooter and I like don't sleep for weeks on end when we do that stuff, but like it's, they're the most, when I look back at our careers, they're the most impactful things that we've done um you know it and it doesn't listen like 
March for Our Lives didn't do what we wanted it to do. People can still run around with automatic weapons all day and night. And there's Florida voted the next week not to do it, but it, it wasn't about that. It was about helping these kids have a voice. Um, and so it, you know, we don't always reach our, our intended objective when we do these things, but if we don't try to do it, who's gonna do it? So it, it, I really respect that Scooter is always the one that wants to raise his hand and try to figure out a way to help and that we're willing to kind of put our primary business to the side at times and do those things is part of why I love working where I work. That's, that's awesome. And I guess like you had said, like one of your major missions is to put yourself out there and like help women just like me and Lauren who are interested in entertainment, who are trying to find their ways and like, you know, graduating and like being new and like, just the business arena and like what we're going to do so it's so i guess my question is what advice do you have for you women who are inter interested in pursuing a career in media and entertainment and how would you advise women go getting this experience like where should they go for it and um i guess just see what you have to say about um just like where we should start um so the best piece of advice that i've gotten in the course of my like personal professional whatever life that has ultimately been the most impactful in my career came from my mother, ironically. And she always told me to follow the river. And what she meant by that was like, don't get so hung up in what you think you wanna do that you overlook an opportunity that's right in front of you. Like every thing that I, this industry is so random. There's so many things that happen that you don't even realize are jobs or things. Like I had no idea what a manager did when I started doing it. Um, and so it's really just seeing the opportunity that's before you. And if it's something that you might possibly be interested in, especially when you're young and like, you don't have a family you're responsible for, try it. Why not? You know, it might be something that you love. You might figure out something that you love about it. And it leads you to something else that you want to do. You might decide you hate it, but then at least you didn't waste 25 years trying to build towards a career in something that you didn't like. Um, so it's, it's be really open, be really willing to try like I said, be willing to do whatever it is that you're asked to do as long as it is reasonable and appropriate. And, you know, really just run at it um, from every direction in the, the truest sense of the word, because like it, it, you're, you're, who you are is gonna change so much as you get older, what you want is gonna change as you get older, what's important to you is gonna change as you get older. So you spend more time doing your job than you do with your family. So you wouldn't marry someone just because they were the person that was available. Don't do the job just because it's the job that's available. Make sure it's something that you're passionate about. Make sure it's something that you care about because every job feels like work. Like you, they wouldn't have to pay you if it were fun, but like it feels a lot better when it's something that you care about. And so like, it, I think that it's really, in my opinion, about openness and just a willingness to hustle because like the, the door that's open might not be the one that you want, but it might end up being the right one for you. I think that's that's great advice, especially for us, you know, like young, early 20s trying to find our way and like sometimes it's not necessarily, you know, we don't necessarily get the job we want or like trying to find our way, like in the whole maze. It, it feels like a maze, like we don't really know where, what's going to happen after college with our education or like we're considering graduate schools, but where am I going to end up after that? So it's just nice to hear just to like let it flow and like. It'll yeah, be like just have an idea, but you're, and, and like the goals are going to like, it's funny, even now it's a figure like I won't be a manager forever. It would be, like, I feel like I'd look nuts, it, you know, in my 70s chasing around a 20 year old artist, I wouldn't be able to keep pace. But like, I don't even know what happens next. 
it'll, it'll come and I'll, and I'll figure it out, but I don't know what I'm going to want whenever that time comes. And so I'll, I'll, it, when it happens, it will happen. Um, and I just kind of don't close my eyes to anything and kind of see what's there. Thank you so, so much for that advice and for coming on and letting us interview you. It's been amazing. Of course, thanks for having I me. I enjoyed this and um, I hope that our audience, you know, enjoys it as well and gets as much out of this because it's been amazing. Me yeah, too. Thank sure. you guys so much for your time. I really like, honestly, I will tell you, I, these are the only things that I really ever like to do. So thank you for having me. Um, and I hope you guys get to go back to school in the fall because you deserve it. Like, God, <laughs> go have some fun. Thank you. Thank you. You are truly an inspiration to aspiring women in business and entertainment everywhere. So thank you so much for thank coming you guys on. so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.